What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, September 10th, 2014. You guys are listening to episode 176. Uh, it's crazy to even say uh, that uh, every time I, I'm just like, I look at all these other podcasts and, you know, like episode 20, episode 30, episode 101, I'm like going on 200. This is pretty nuts. But um, got a great episode for you guys. Hope everybody had a great week. A uh, lot of stuff to talk about on this show. And I know I say that about a lot of shows, but this one is, there's just a ton of stuff to get to, a ton of unacceptables, um, just a lot of stuff going on in the world. Fucking just, it's going to be a good one. So sit back, uh, relax, and buckle up for this episode of The Verzi Effect, which is now sponsored by GonzoFame.com, GonzoFame.com, where you get the best in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians um, like myself, Paul Verzi, also uh, Ralphie May and Doug Stanhope and Sean Patton and Joe Matarese is about to be added on there. These are just great interviews where um, you really get to see a different side of the uh, comedian. It's not like these typical, you know, so, when'd you bomb? How did you bomb the first time? It, it, you know, you get like little things of that, but it's really more in-depth and way better. And you're able to kind of find out more things and, and, and you know, so uh, I stand behind it. I love it and I'm happy to be um, working with those guys. So check out gonzofame.com and you can see, I know a lot of people... Uh, you know, read mine and was very like, you know, wow, they didn't, they didn't know that. They thought it was a really good read. They didn't know a lot of the things about me. So check that out, gonzofame.com. Also, awesome news, uh, big news for the Verzi Effect podcast, but the Verzi Effect podcast has now been added to the All Things Comedy Network. That's right. The Verzi Effect is now uh, aboard one of the biggest and best comedy networks for podcasts that exists. So I'm very happy. Um, I think the official, you know, uh, the official announcement or whatever will be, I guess, online somewhere. I'll put that out to you guys. But uh, I just got word that uh, it was something that was, you know, being talked about. But the show has gotten to another level, and um, I'll be on the All Things Comedy Network. Uh, so thank you. And that's because you guys are listening. Again, it's all because of you guys. So, I mean, and the fact that, you know, the incredible uh, shows that I put out there. I mean, let's not, let's not fucking downplay what I'm doing, everybody. Um, but, so, uh, I first want to get into, I first want to obviously, um, a couple of sentimental things up top here of the show. And, uh, and then we'll get into the uh, chaos. But um, first, uh, you know, Joan Rivers just want to say that, um, you know, it's a really, you know, it sucks that you have to keep doing this because this is happening far too often. Just, just way too many times, you know, way too many times to, to be talking about uh, comedians that are, that are gone and people that, you know, you've watched and looked up to. But the one thing I loved about uh, Joan Rivers is just totally unapologetic, totally didn't give a fuck what you thought would say it. And, um, you know, she always crushed and she was always on her A game up until 81 years old. So, and you know, me being from New York and her having that, like, I don't know, everybody, like I, my mom was even saying like, she feel like she lost somebody that, you know, because that's what Joan Rivers was. She was just kind of like, she had that New York kind of attitude and, and really funny. And 
Um, but you could also see like the kind of mom she was and, and just kind of there for her family and stuff. So um, thoughts and prayers to everybody um, who, you know, the family and, and friends and, and, you know, I'm sure wherever wherever Joan Rivers is, um, you know, she's uh, she could definitely say she did everything she wanted to do uh, here. So um just want to just tribute her at the at the beginning of the show because she really was you know I don't really like go nuts about somebody and, and say oh really you know this person it's it's a shame I never met Joan Rivers I never had the pleasure of meeting her or talking to her I never came across her in this business but um just what she did and her body of work speaks for itself you know there's just certain people that are iconic certain people that are huge you know it's, it's like if you know, there, there's just certain athletes that if you met or didn't meet, you just, you know anyway that the, they were just the shit. And you could watch shit that they did, you know, and be like, wow. And that's what she was. She was um, just hilarious and, um, you know, one of the best to ever do it. She was one of the best stand-ups of all time, uh, male or female. And, you know, if you don't think so, just look, look. And see all of you know her sets and the things that she said. She was an absolute beast. Joan Rivers was an absolute fucking beast. So um, yeah, just uh, rest in peace and um, thanks for uh, thanks for everything that you you gave us. Now uh, another thing that I want to say is um, tomorrow. This is the eve of uh, September 11th. And uh, you know what's funny? It's amazing, and I always love it, and I've talked about this on the show before. But for some reason, I'm always booked on 9-11. And now it's a thing where after so many years of doing that, I, I want to continue to make people laugh on that day. I want to be in New York City, or anywhere really, but I, I'd love to be in New York City on stage making people laugh and happy on September 11th as many times as I possibly can in my career. Uh, just because of how fucking horrible and obviously, for obvious reasons, it would be really cool to just uh, put joy in people on that date. So I do want to say to anybody who's going to be feeling, you know, feeling it tomorrow and, and unfortunately lost people or, or just really just suffering from everything that happened um hope you guys get through it okay have a good day and um you know just want everybody to uh, get through it as best as possible you know being a new yorker and and seeing that i remember being on the phone with my brother and we kind of watched on tv that first building collapse together and it seemed like a movie and um i remember driving over the whitestone bridge for months after that going to work in Queens and you still just saw the smoke you just looked to the right you just still saw that smoggy just that smoke coming up for months and months and um I do know some people who we all I'm sure we all know somebody who knows somebody who lost somebody so um tomorrow is a uh, a sad date so thoughts with everybody and hope you just uh, make the best of it I just wanted to to say that uh now we got a lot of stuff to talk about, okay? We got, we got, I mean, here's what's on the docket, okay? First of all, I got into it today with a GM at a car dealership, and that's not even my unacceptable, okay? So if that puts, if that puts this episode into perspective, that's just one thing. We got the Ray Rice thing, and now the, the Roger Goodell thing, 
okay, to talk about. We got, um, I want to talk about Jeter because he, he's fucking annoying me too. So I want to talk about the, the, you know, the Jeter thing. Uh, and then that's without all of the unacceptables and everything. So it's going to be a, a, a packed out Verzi Effect podcast show. So uh, sit back and enjoy everybody. I am glad from the reviews and from what I've heard from everybody, the Renaissance Fair rant which I had no idea it was going to do what it did. Uh, I did not realize that you guys were going to enjoy it that much. So I am glad that you enjoyed it. I am glad that you got a laugh out of the absolute animals and morons that I saw at that fair. But uh, <laughs> that's what this is for. So if you got a good laugh out of that, that's what it's all about. The Verzi Effect, the best damn comedy podcast out there you know it and i know it we're slowly taking over i just watched um president obama address the um that whole isis group and saying how he's gonna go after him and stuff and while i'm watching him i don't know if you guys saw it and i was just going through the channels and I'm like oh the president's about to address the nation at nine o'clock about this isis group this terror group so i'm like all right let me see what this guy has to say maybe i'll live tweet during it maybe i'll find something funny out of it who knows i'll just watch it and i just pictured what i would do like i just pictured myself up to the walk and looking and like it would just be so as a matter of fact my speech like my speech would have been hilarious because it would have probably taken like a minute and here I'll try to freestyle the speech right now. Okay, I'm gonna try to <laughs> I'm gonna try to freestyle speech. I swear to you, people, on my life, on my family, I swear to you, people, I have nothing written down. I'm just gonna go and just see. I mean, I was thinking this, and I was thinking of like the first couple of lines I would say, and then and then I have nothing. So I'll just go and I'll just see how from from the walk down, <laughs> from the walk down the red carpet up to the podium, I would just be like. You know, I'd probably start giving pounds to my friends on the side. Be like, what's going on, man? How you doing? Yeah, how's the family? Good? Uh, yeah, we're going to talk after this. We got a we got a, um, a post-speech after party. Don't worry, it's going to be like three minutes from now. Um, I start like pointing to my friends, like winking at them, talking like, man, I know the Giants are in trouble, aren't they? Oh, my God, the Giants look awful. And then I would look at the camera and I would just be like, um, my fellow Americans, uh... You know, I, uh, I'm going to make this quick. I'm going to uh, address a couple of matters here that need to be talked about um, that are at the forefront of of what's going on. And, um, and then I will let everybody go on with their day. I just want everybody to understand that, um, you know, something's going on. It's, it's been brought to my attention that uh, this group wants to continue to hurt and kill um, their own people, women, children, um, threaten Americans, kill Americans. And um, I just want everybody to know that the problem's already been taken care of. Um, we're going to lace these motherfuckers with everything we have uh, effective right now. We got fucking afterburners going. I mean, so every damn aircraft carrier that we got in that region is, is fired up right now. Okay, we fired up the grill. Okay, um, we got people, we got other countries working with us. Uh, we're going to hit them with everything we got. And quite frankly, 
um, we're probably going to turn Iraq and Syria, Pakistan, and any other fucking asshole that wants to get involved in this into a sandbox, to be honest with you. So women and children, I'd, I'd get out now. Be honest with you, I'd get out now. Um, you know, they, they're trying to talk. I mean, I, listen, I don't got time to talk. You know, everybody's going to die. You know, um, it's going to be really bad. So, you know, uh, sit back, relax, stay at home. I wouldn't, you know, don't fly to the Middle East for a while. And, um, you know, a lot of bombs are going to be dropped. I mean, we're coming with the thunder on this one. I'm not going to lie to you guys. We're coming with the heat. You know, we're not half-stepping. We're throwing fastballs at this one, okay? We're going to get, you know, I mean, basically every little gravel of sand is going to be just completely destroyed. So, uh, that being said, I hope you guys are um, home enjoying the speech with your families. I hope you guys enjoyed football yesterday uh, and Sunday. And um, that's pretty much it. So we're going to annihilate anybody who steps in our way. Uh, We got the firepower to do it. And, um, you know, that's going to be it. So I hope everybody um, has a good night. And um, that's it, you know. It's time to raise hell. That's what we're going to do. We're coming with the thunder. Okay, it's time to wreck shop, motherfuckers. Take care. May God bless you. God bless America. We're going to be at the after party across the street. I think they got half specials on uh, tequila and uh, vodka drinks, mixed drinks. And, uh, you know, since I'm the president, they know how I like the uh, the boneless buffalo tenders. So that's going to be, um, you know, half price as well. They kind of got a happy hour going on over there. And um, if you're in the bar and you're from Syria and, uh, you know, I just hope you're on our side. Because it might get ugly, all right? I got friends, everybody. (laughs) I got friends. Take care. Like, something like that. That's how I would address it. And, like, the funny thing is they'd be like, this guy is crazy and about to commit genocide, yet he kind of seems cool. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I think I want to, you know, I think I want, because right when I'm like, it's been brought to my attention that these guys, something's going on over here. Um. But I would just love that. Like, just like as a matter of factly, just nip it in the bud. Like, yeah, it's been brought to my attention what's going on. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's like it's coming. We already got that. We're already fired up. Ready, fired up. So, uh, you know, it's going to get ugly over there. Take care. Just, I used to do a bit about an Italian president. And I don't do it anymore. I think it's got like 35,000 hits on YouTube or something. But I used to do a, a bit about how an Italian president would handle it. Like, he comes out, and he's like, everyone's going to die, you know? And then he's like, he's got, like, his wife stirring the sauce. I don't know. I don't do it anymore. It's kind of like a weaker, older joke, but, like, Italians and people get a kick out of it. So if you want to look at it online, whatever, look at it online. But um, I don't know. I didn't mind what Obama said. Obama kind of came out. He came out like a little... He he did come out like that a little bit, you know? He kind of came out like, we're going to find him. We're going to destroy him. We're going to kill him through, uh, you know, precise precision airstrikes like he said a lot of cool stuff like he said it as much as a gangster as as that guy can but he did say that you know and i'm not an obama guy but you know at the end of the day he did get bin laden he did uh you know he's dropping bombs and shit on on the enemy and that's all you could really you know i guess that's all you could really ask and i know there's somebody who's all about peace going why would you say that on your podcast (laughs) it should be they they just want us to be friends and we do things and that's why we do if you think that don't listen to my fucking show all right 
Dude, what would you do, seriously, if the president just came on and is like, listen, we're, you know, we've realized that we can't fix this and we're just dropping a bomb like Hiroshima and there's going to be a nuclear winter in the Middle East. Okay, you got 24 hours to get all women and children out of there because we're, we're coming with the fucking heat, everybody. Okay, we're Nolan Ryan. We're Nolan Ryan in this thing. All right, let's get into this. Um, you know what we'll do? Because we have so much stuff going on. All right, we're going to get in. You know, I'm going to lead into the unacceptables with the, with the Nissan story. So here's what happened today, everybody, okay? Now, as you guys know, I uh, got rid of my car. Uh, I had a 2012 Nissan Maxima. I like the car. Just I drive to Manhattan from an hour north of Manhattan almost every night. I live up in the country. I drive to New York City four or five times a week to do stand-up on top of, you know, commuting all over uh, up to six, seven hours before I'll fly. And doing that with a Nissan Maxima six-cylinder car that has almost 400 horses uh, will destroy you on gas. Like, I put fucking 30 to 40 to $50 in that thing every day, every other day for years. I'm not even kidding. And it just got to the point where I'm like, why am I, I – I'm not even – like, what am I doing? Like, this, is, this doesn't make any sense. The car wasn't even driving that smooth. So, as you know, I got that worked out and I got a Toyota – but I got the Toyota from the used car lot at the Nissan dealership that I was going to. Now, I'm not going to mention where. I'm not going to mention any names. I spoke on the podcast about what happened when I first got the car, where I shook hands and hugged. I shook hands and hugged the fucking guy, and the guy's going, "Yeah, yeah, man, we'd love to come see his show." You know, they know I'm a comic. Like I, I would go in there and like while I was buying the car, they had like my shit up on the websites and like all their employees are like listening to my shit. They all knew me. They all knew I did stand up. They all knew I was a comedian. And I was like, yeah, these guys are great. These guys are gonna. So they tell me a certain price. I go in and the price is more the day of, which is fucking ridiculous. Then they only have one key for the car, and they say, oh, they're, they're gonna have the next key. They're, they're gonna have the key next week. Don't worry, they're gonna have the other key month goes by, I don't get the key. They also told my wife about her truck that she was going to be getting something that she never got, like a month payment reimbursed, all kinds of shit. Okay. So finally, a month goes by, I still don't have the key. I feel 100% take, taken advantage of, which I was because it was fucking handled wrong. Okay. Because these fucking dopes that work at the car dealership. Okay. These menial fucking just sitting there doing the same fucking job every day with and I'm not trying to shit on you if you do it right and you're honest by people and you give the facts about the car and you love cars and you love what you do great but if you're just fucking there to make a paycheck and you don't like what you do and you're fucking people out of money you stink you fucking stink okay so I'm into the, I so I'm like I need the key okay I need the key it actually prevented my son from going on a doctor's appointment after he got pneumonia which really drove me absolutely fucking crazy all right, because I had to run down to the city. I took the truck. I didn't realize that my wife didn't have the key to the Toyota, and we had to change the schedule. My, my son was fine and healthy at the time. If he wasn't, I would have turned right around, but it's still, just the fact that he couldn't go to that doctor's appointment is unacceptable, okay? So I decide today that I'm going. I call up, and I'm like, dude, I need to talk to whoever's in charge, the, the, the biggest guy there I need to talk to. So they put me on the phone, and I'm like, I'm coming in this week. Tell me what day I need the other key, whatever remotes you have. I need that. That's what I need for the car. That's it. My wife needs to have a key and I need to have a key to my car, period. 
This guy's like, yeah, 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 come in, come in. We'll get it all done. We'll get it all done. So I go to this fucking place today. Okay. I get there. Oh, here's a really important piece of information before I go on. We got a piece of mail yesterday. Guess what the mail was, everybody? The mail was a bill from Nissan saying I owed $2,600 for the previous car I had, the Maxima. It was a 2012. I gave it back. I, I, I traded it back in on the uh, uh, in 2014. That's what this year is, right? So that's two years. Pretty easy math, right? Yeah, I got a, I got bill for $2,600 saying the miles that I was over and wear and tear plus tax on wear and tear of the vehicle. You fucking believe that shit? Meanwhile, the only reason why I went back to that dealership was because since I was already with this dealership, I figured roll everything in the payment and let's go. So now I get a bill. Before I go in for the second key, which they told me, I go in. So now I get in there. I'm with my son trying to be cool. The GM, the head head guy is there. And he goes, what, what are you here for? What's going on, man? And I go, oh, no, the key. And he goes, well, let me get, let me make sure they get this for you. So he calls up. He goes, yeah, we're working on a key, and the guy's being cool. I'm like, oh, great. This is great. This guy's all about it. He's like shaking his head like disgusted for me. I'm like, that's the shit. That's, that's what I want. That's what I want. So now I'm going, I go to the finance guy. And I go, dude, I got this bill for $2,600, okay? It was never told to me, ever, that I was going to be paying extra for First of all, why would I pay extra for the miles? And Like the whole point of what I did was to roll in. All I wanted to do was get rid of this Maxima. This 2012 Maxima was nothing but a fucking headache. The only thing the car was good for it was it absolutely flew at night. When I was coming home from the city, I felt like it was like a rocket. Don't get me wrong. I love the car. It was powerful. But like... I just wanted to get rid of it. The only thing, it had a little dent in the quarter panel, which happened when I left it in a parking garage in New York City. Other than that, the car was fine. So why am I getting a bill here for $2,600? Well, $1,100 uh, was for over miles because you know you were 7,000 miles over. I go, I know. I know. But that's part of the deal. That should have been rolled in. Okay, okay, I'll talk to you. Know, we'll see. I'm like, what's this $900? This $900 you know, wear and tear fee? Wear and tear on a 2012 and 2014. Oh, and another 300 and something dollars for the tax on the wear and tear. All kinds of fuck. It was, dude, it was ridiculous. And this isn't even my unacceptable this week, people. It's not even my unacceptable. Okay? Wait. Wait to see. This is what happens. But I learned something. I learned what to fucking do when you're upset and you're dealing with people with your money and business. I fucking learned and I'm going to tell you what I learned. I'm actually glad this happened because it's going to help me. It's going to help my son. It's going to help anybody that I talk to about this shit and including my listeners of this podcast. So listen, because this is a good one. I like how I say listen as if like right now you'd turn it off and then wait for the story to be done. And then, and so sorry. So the guy goes, all right, let's go to the finance guy. So we walk to the office next door. He goes, yeah, Tony, we, you know, he was told, he was never told. I go, no, my salesman never said, oh, yeah, we're going to fucking roll in the payments and also, but you're going to get a separate bill for the miles. No, that's not why I wanted to come back here. I wanted the fucking headache gone, one payment for the Toyota. And I did these people a favor 
because I was going to go to Toyota and just get out of the Maxima and go to Toyota. But instead, I said, since I got cars with these people, my wife just got another truck with these people. I'm, I'm on my second car with them. Why don't I just see in their used lot if they have a Toyota that I want? Okay, and I saw they had the, the Toyota that I wanted, 2011. It was black. It had low miles. I had 15,000 miles on it. And I was like, I'll get this car, and I'll go through them. So I'm like, all I want, and even the salesman saying, yeah, we're going to get rid of this Maxima, get rid of this headache, and get it, and you'll get a payment, and that's it. You're done. And they even said, you're done. You're out the door with payment. We're all done. Shaking hands, hugging, doing all this shit. Now I'm getting a separate bill. So the guy finally says to me, the guy says to me, all right, you know what? We'll take the $1,100 off. You know what? I'll take care of that. We'll take the $1,100 off the miles. And as far as the $900 plus the, you know, the taxes and everything else that you owe, you could call this number and dispute it, have them itemize everything, take pictures of the card. It'll probably knock this thing down to four or $500 and you'll be done. So now I'm not even happy with that because I don't want to pay anything, but at least it's a start, right? At least I'm in, I'm going in the right direction. So what I did was I decided um i wanted them to just check the car you know because like the warranty it's it's an 11 the warranty's up in a few days just wanted to make sure that my brake pads were good i want to make sure that they didn't give me you know any a car that like is going to need something right before the warranty's out because i'm already there so service was looking at the car i'm with my son i go and eat with my son and i'm like this is great you know what i'll get the keys the car will be all serviced and ready to go i don't have to pay for those miles and now i'll just fight this bullshit you know, wear and tear fee, get it knocked down and be done with this thing finally. And I don't have to fucking deal with these people. I don't have to deal with anything. I'll be done. So I eat with my son, have a good time. We go back to the dealership an hour or so later. I was talking to my wife. My wife's like, you really shouldn't have to pay anything, man. And she's getting me going. And, she's, and I'm like, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't. So I go back in and who's there? The GM, the guy who helped me with the key when I first got in there. Now here's where things get interesting because this guy turns on me. Check this out. So I walk over to the GM and I take out the thing for the 2600, which he doesn't know about. And I go, yeah, I got to be honest with you, man. We're not happy. You know, my wife's going nuts about this and this, you know, I got this bill for $2,600. You know, I mean, you guys said you were going to take care of the uh, miles, but like there's another thousand and something. And like, have you ever heard of like wear and tear? And this dude goes... What do you mean we're going to take care of the miles? We, we, is that in the contract? We can't take care of the miles. So after they already printed it, they already highlighted it, printed it, put it in a copy machine and said that they're taking care of the 1100. And now the GM steps in and goes, well, I got to see your paperwork. I got to see if we're taking care of the miles. So now I'm sitting here and he was like, well, Paul, and he's getting like red in the face. And I'm getting like upset, but I'm, you know, he's keeping cool and I'm keeping cool. I got to say, it was very, and this is what I learned. If you kind of stay if you keep your composure and you stay composed, even when like, you know, money's on the line or something that you, you feel you're right. If you do that, you start remembering things and, and, and it just works out better. You know what I mean? Like, because when you're going nuts and you're yelling, that's when like a day or two later, you're like, Oh fuck, I should have said this. Oh damn it. I should have said this. Oh, I wish I would have. Cause if I said that, I would have got him with that. I just, you know, and maybe my son being there helped me. My son, but my son was over to the side, and at one point, I was getting so into it, I was like, my son's looking at brochure, my, my son was just looking at, like, brochures, it was hilarious, like, this five-year-old, he's, like, like literally detailed looking at, like, cars, brochures, and he's like, well, we can't do that, Paul, you know, I'm looking at your paperwork here, it doesn't say we're going to take care of the miles, it says we're going to take care of the rollover payments, and that's it, I go, that guy's name was Andy, I go, Andy, why would I do that, 
why would I come here and not roll in the miles? I, I The reason why I came to this dealership, I said, if I was just going to pay for what I owed on the car, I would have went to Toyota. I said, you know, and he was like, well, you know, I can't, you know, I can't pay that this and that. And I was like, I was like, I was told that. I was like, I, I was, it was the understanding. And he was like, well, what's on paper? I go, okay, you tell me what's on paper. What's on paper? And he goes, well, the one thing that, okay. So I go, you wrote the paper. Don't tell me what's on it. You wrote the paper. I looked at the paper and it said that you were going to throw, you were going to do this. You know, you were the only thing that I was responsible for or, or the, or, or the, yeah, the only thing that I was responsible for was to make the Toyota, the Toyota payment, which it had everything rolled in, which you guys lied to me about. I go, and, and that's what I said to him too. I go, you know something? I go, this whole thing, I go, this whole thing has not worked from the beginning. Well, I'm sorry that happened. No, I go, you know what? I hug and I shake hands. I shake hands and some guy hugs me and tells me the price of my car is going to be this. I come in the day of and I sit down and it's $12 more on the note. And he was like, well, I mean, then that's up to you. You could leave then. And I go, so that's how you do business. I go, oh, so that's how you do business. I go, after you shake and make a deal and have paperwork, then you guys up the price. And then I got to haggle with my kids running around when I think I got a deal and I bought a car. That's it. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying like, I don't, I don't know why the money went up. I go, yeah, I don't know why the money went up either, but it did. And that, that's, that's not right. It shouldn't. He's like, well, and I go, and I go, and then, so then I call over the sales guy. I go, did you say to me that the, the, yeah, I have to be honest. You know, I do have to be honest when, when we did mention that the, the miles would be rolled in, I can't lie. And then I'm looking at the guy and then I go, I've come to you people for four cars. And now, now the whole dealership's listening. I go, I've been to you for four cars. Okay. And, and you guys aren't, and, and I'm thinking that I'm getting rid of this headache. I go, you guys should take care of everything on the maximum everything on the maxima and 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 I just pay this that's why I came here that's why you guys were calling me harassing me to make a deal saying no no get out of that nightmare these sales guys are going Paul get out of that nightmare you don't need that anymore you know what we'll get it all done we'll get it taken care of for you you know you're going over the miles let's just get it all into one payment on the Toyota and you'll be done so you guys tell me that and then I get a bill and this and that and I go and that's right and and, and I go and I've been coming here for four cars so he's like, well, you know, I'm just saying, and he goes, he goes, uh, well, you know, fine, you know, and he's like, fine, we'll take care of the 1100. We'll take care of the 1100 on the miles, but the other stuff, you know, you're going to have to dispute this and that. He goes, I'm just saying though, like I wouldn't have done the deal. He goes, I wouldn't have done the deal if I knew it was an 1100 $1, I mean, you come here, he's like, you know, a month later. And then I just got him right when he said that he goes, you come here a month later, $1,100. And it's like, you know, and I go, I go, Hey dude, the reason why I'm here a month later is because I got the bill yesterday. The bill was a month in advance. The, the bill took a month. And he goes, oh, I understand. He had nothing else after that. I go, dude, I go, the bill came yesterday for $2,600. I'm here today. That's why. So no, it's not me just showing up a month later. Why would I do that? That doesn't make any sense for me a month later to go, you know what? I really don't want to spend an extra 1100 on the miles. No, it doesn't make any sense. And then they were like, no, you know, I'm a reasonable man, this and that. And then they were like, listen, when you dispute that $900 for the wear and tear, you know, we'll also call, try to help you with that and get it knocked down, you know, this and that. So that's what I had to deal with. And I'm sitting there, dude. And I got to tell you, it was the most refreshing, greatest thing that I did 
with a car dealership ever where I'm actually having a back and forth with the head of the floor, dude. He was there. I was there. There were people around and we're just going back and forth and it was no screaming. It was just man shit. It was business shit, but it was don't fuck with me because this is what I thought was happening. Okay. I was under the impression of this. Your salesperson told me this and everything from the gate at this place has been shitty. Everything. From the price to the lies to, to the lie of the price to this to that. And now all of a sudden I'm getting a bill because I went over my miles. Like I would ever do that. If I would do that, I'd go to Toyota and just have them deal with it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't deal with you guys. I, I didn't even want to deal with you guys. But he was just like, but like my composure made me realize the bill came yesterday. Because normally if I was mad, he'd be like, oh, a month later, you're coming in with this. And I was like, no. And then, like, as soon as I said, I go, the bill came. He goes, oh, I understand. I was like, yeah, you do understand. Because I just got the bill. Why would I do that? I wouldn't make that up. You know. And he's like, you know, we don't make that much money on these cars. Why would I make that deal? I go, he goes, I wouldn't have made that deal for another $1,100. I go, I wouldn't have made the deal. You're not the only one, dude. I swear to God, I'm not trying to be a dick here. I'm really not trying to be a dick here. Okay. But. Unless it's a family-run business, unless you love cars and you've been in the car business and shit like that, when you're just one of these fucking liars, these lying assholes who just want to take anything off of somebody, and I know they make more money on the used car. That's where they make their money. They can't make as much money on the new car. It's ridiculous, man. I swear to God, it's ridiculous. But... I went in there, I stood my ground, I got that money taken off. They still fucked me because I'm still going to have to probably spend $500, $600 on this wear and tear. I go, dude, let me ask you a question. What wear and tear on a two-year car, a two-year-old car, a two-year-old Nissan Maxima? What wear and tear? I had two baby seats in the back. Where was I racing? I wasn't doing anything. It had one little dent. Where's this money coming from? You guys, yeah, it's just, it's just bullshit, man. All with my son there, took care of it. And they weren't happy, but you know what? Good. I'm glad they ate it. I'm glad they fucking ate it. Because that's what was expected, and that's what they should have done. Fucking unacceptable. And that's not even my unacceptable. Now we're going to get into unacceptables. Hope you guys enjoyed that. That's how my day went so far. Um, okay. I'll do my unacceptable for the week, and then I'm going to get into your guys' unacceptable, and then um, we'll go from there. And also, I did get some people going, well, when you were doing the unacceptables, you know, you were you were trying to, like, fumble around and, and try to get him on it, and I said, yes, the computer was slow. So what I did was I put it on the faster computer now. So relax, okay, everybody, Relax. You know what's funny about like people and even fans is that when I was just reading three off of Twitter and the couple off of Facebook or whatever I was doing or the people that wrote me the long ones, it, you know, it was like, oh man, that's great. Do mine, do mine. And then when I do more, it's like, well, you're taking too long. It's, you can't fucking win. But don't mind me. I'm having a bad, I'm having, I'm having one of those days where I'm holding it together. But like that shit just really bothers me and rubs me the wrong way. It really does. Oh, you're coming here a month later, $1,100 a month later. Yeah, because I got the bill yesterday. Oh, my God. I swear to God. Like, I'm going to be like, oh, you're not making enough money? You know what? Yeah, they charge me $1,100. No, you know what? What am I thinking? 
Let them, I think, yeah, you got kids too. Charge me the 1100 extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Totally mislead me. Have your, have your sales guy totally mislead me and fuck me over. Make me think something's great. Make me think I'm getting a, a deal here. And then come back and just bill me. And then, of course, listen, you guys aren't making it. That's not a big enough margin for you guys. What am I thinking? You know what? I'm so, I mean, listen, you guys got to go to lunches, right? You guys probably might want to throw your kids a party. You know, something like that. So why would, of course, you know what? Tack it. In a matter of fact, take the 11 on me. Throw another 250 on there. Let's call it 1350. Yeah, go ahead. Why? Why wouldn't you? Because listen, you're not making enough money on that car. Yeah, you're. Listen, you guys have a business to run. Fucking assholes. All right, unacceptable for the week. I went to the doctor with my son, and we went for his checkup to make sure that uh, you know his lungs and his chest were all clear, everything was good, and we knew it was because he started school. And, uh, which was great, by the way, my son started school last Thursday and it was awesome. Uh, watching him go on the bus is a big deal. And, um, you know, it was just really cool. But it was a funny thing as I was saying, like my, um, my wife was like crying and stuff and I get it, you know, it's a big deal, but I'm just thinking like, you know, he's not going to fucking Iraq. He's going a couple, going a couple streets down. I mean, he's going a couple blocks away, you know, he's going to. Have some cookies, play with some toys, come back. You know, I mean, like I'm gonna see him in three hours. Like, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, <laughs> so, uh, but I take him, I take him to the doctor to make sure that he's all, you know, healthy and everything is good. And here's my unacceptable for the week. I don't know if it happens with you guys, but it happens to every doctor's office, and I just don't know why. Why do they tell you to come at a certain time? Then they call you in while you're reading the magazine and you're sitting in the, you're sitting in a little, you know, the waiting room there, and they go, uh, Paul or Mr. Verzi, and then you walk in and then they bring you to the room that the doctor's coming in and they put the folder on that little fucking shelf that's you know that little thing, and then you sit there for fifteen fucking minutes, okay? It's unex. Why do you? Why are you giving me that appointment date, okay? It's it's unacceptable to say be here at ten forty five. Then they throw you in the room. Now, granted, I might have been late. Whatever. I'm just saying it happens when you're not late. It does. It does. It's like to me, an appointment means like you would never do that anywhere else. You know, you would never do that anywhere else. You would never say to somebody, "Yeah, man, meet me here. I'm gonna be here." And then you get there, and then another friend comes over and is like, "Oh, yeah, come in, sit here." All right, he'll be right with you. And then you come in 20 minutes fucking later. It's like, no, then you're 20 minutes late. It's unacceptable. My son was tired. He needed to take a nap. And, and I'm just sitting in this fucking office. And anybody with kids knows this. And anybody who goes to the doctor a lot knows that it's just, it's a lie. They tell you to fucking be there for the convenience of them just to know that you're in the building. But you don't go in at the times you're supposed to go in. It's bullshit. I feel like going next time. I'd be like, yeah, listen, I got a 1045. So should I show up at 1030? And will you put me in a room at 1030 just so I know he's going to come in the room at 1045? Because it don't, don't tell me to be here. Don't tell me the appointment's at 1045 and a guy walks in the fucking door with a smile on his face at 1120. Going, hey, Mr. How you feeling? Yeah, yeah, Don't give me your small talk, your stupid fucking jokes. I don't care about it, okay? I got shit to do. I got somewhere to be. Hey, how you doing? How's that back feeling? Yeah? Yeah, and you know all that saying? All he's saying when he's like, yeah, how's that back feeling? He's like, yeah, you know I'm late, so do I, but I can get away with it, right? 
Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I had lunch and I'm making a lot more money than you right now. Yeah. That's all that is. It's fucking bullshit. What, what am I waiting for? What am I waiting here for? Don't tell me. And the day before, what do they do? Yep, just calling to confirm. You got an appointment with Dr. So-and-so tomorrow, 1045. Okay, okay. I feel like being like, whoa, 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 hold up a second. Yeah, I'm confirming it. Is he going to be ready? No, 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 tell me the truth. Is he going to be ready? Because that's what time I'm going to be there. If he's not ready in 15, 20 minutes, I'm leaving. I feel like they should be doc pay if it's over. Because I was walking out and they're like, oh, that's it. You know, get your copay. Get your, you know. I feel like being like, well, listen, you know what? Tackle, you know, take off five, ten dollars copay. I'm sitting here. Sorry, believe it or not. I mean, I know I don't have a fucking stethoscope or whatever, but 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 you know, my I, my day counts too. You know, I'm hungry too. I have shit to do today too. You know, I know nobody in this office gives a fuck. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Good, good. How the shows are traveling, traveling. Yeah, yeah. How long have you been waiting for me? A long time. Yeah. And listen, it's cool when they say like, "Sorry, you waited." I get that, and I don't even blame the doctor. I just blame the system of the doctor's office. It's unacceptable, especially you ever going with two kids. I went out with my two-year-old daughter, my five-year-old son, and I'm sitting there, and the you know the attention span after 20 minutes, you can't blame a kid who's sitting in a prison cell. You know, a little room there with fucking, you know, medical paper on a bench and, you know, and a couple of flavored sticks and expect everything to be fine. It's it's not enough. Okay. It's not enough. I know they got little puzzles in there. After a while, you know, they're like, yeah, I don't need a puzzle. Let's do something. I got my son playing Angry Birds. My daughter's running around freaking out. I just, I need to, can we get in and get out? Plus it's already scary and horrifying for these kids because they've gotten shots before. They know what it's like. They know that there's a chance every kid knows it's like a 50 50 percent chance when they walk in shit's gonna be bad and I, I some kids screaming across and my my daughter's going my daughter was going uh oh no actually i had my daughter on this one too no did it no, no on this one i didn't have my daughter no i'm sorry i did i had my daughter and my son on this one getting my son and she hears screaming so my two-year-old's like daddy why is that baby crying? And I'm going, I don't know, man, but this fucking nurse is going to be soon. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, these kids are like, they're hearing kids crying. They don't have the, the, the attention span. And I'm sitting here for 20 minutes. Why make an appointment? They should just be like, ah, come around 11-ish. That's what they should say. Come around 11-ish when he gets in the thing. It's, that's what it should be. Because at least if they say that, you got to tell your kids, look, I don't know, this this is, this is might get ugly, this might be cool, let's just, you know, cross our fingers and hope for the best. Unacceptable the way doctors make you wait in the, wait in the office. Because there's two waits. You go up, you talk to the receptionist or whatever, then they say, okay, have a seat, then you have a seat, you wait there 10, 15 minutes, then they call your name, you think you're out of the woods, and they put you right back in the woods, you wait for another thing. And the guy comes in, yeah, yeah. Oh, is this voice helping your anger? Is is this voice calming down your rage? <laughs> no, Doc, it's not. Okay, where the fuck were you 20 minutes ago? Unacceptable. With two kids. Come on. That's my unacceptable for the week. Okay. Here we go. I'm gonna do I'm gonna run through the Twitter unacceptables then i'll read out some other ones and we will move on wow 42 minutes in we got a lot of lot of stuff to cover here okay um here we go this one is from momo (laughs) at 
Mo RGS one two two three at Paul Barzi. Love the podcast. Saw you open for Burr last summer. Got two unacceptables. One, clean dishes on drying racks still have shit on them. That is that sucks. Two, waitress bring kids food, which is hotter. Oh, I guess the food was hot. Okay, hotter than hate. Uh, we put out of reach uh, until it cools. Waitress comes and touches the food. To verify it's hotter than balls, why the fuck are you touching my kid's food after your dumbass put it uh, in reach in first place? Okay, that, yes, that is definitely annoying. Uh, sounds like a waitress who really just doesn't give a fuck. Um, yeah, this one is from... Oh, somebody sent something, a picture, and it said sensitive material, and I couldn't open it. So I'll try to do that. I'll try to figure that one out after. But all right, here we go. Um, somebody said, uh, Brandon and Tim, at, this is at Brandon underscore, this is, what, lazy, wait a minute, did we? Taking the elevator down one flight of stairs, the laziness is unreal, unacceptable. Um, did we do that one? Here we go. Paul Verzi. This is at um, Michelle Maxwell. Michelle Maxwell. At Michelle. M-A-E-M-A-X. Paul Ver- at Paul Verzi. When your boyfriend finds a dead moth and instead of picking it up, he waits for you to find it and freak out. <laughs> unacceptable. Uh, unacceptable and kind of funny. That one, uh, you know, especially if he knows that you're not into shit like that, and he wanted to get a reaction, so I'd say unacceptable for you, but that's, that's pretty funny, (laughs) okay, here we go, this is from Dan Phillips, uh, Dan Phillips said, okay, no, this, this, this made me feel good when Dan said this, um, he said, at Paul Verzi, having my wife listen to one TVE, she is now referring to people acting hashtag unacceptable as animals. I friggin' love it. Thank you, Dan. That's awesome. And uh, that's what we're trying to do. More and more. Uh, <laughs> this one is fucking... This one's weird. This is from uh, Dan Naylor at uh, D Naylor underscore designs. Paul Verzi, animals who drop chicken bones on the fucking sidewalk. Who eats fried chicken in transit anyway? Unacceptable. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, that's, dude, the level of shit, shitty, that I'd feel if I was just, like, eating a chicken bone on a subway, like, that's a new low, to just be chomping on a fucking, you know what I mean? Like, you're sitting there, and you're hungry, and you just hear the, you know, the tracks being hit. Like, you know, and you're just sitting there, and you're just, like, looking around, and there's just all strangers holding on to, like, any metal rod that they can. And they're just like, and then you're just looking up, and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to bite it. And you just bite a chicken bone, and you get that grease around your lips. Ugh, that is, ugh, that's, and then, and then, and then on top of it, like, you don't even have a napkin, you just put them on the ground, fucking nasty. Uh, this is from this one is from Chris Ramirez at D R G O N S O sixty six at Paul Verzi wiping shit or boogers. 
<laughs> Jesus. Wiping shit or boogers on any bathroom wall. Use a tissue and wash your hands, you fucking animal. Hashtag unacceptable. I got to tell you, if you're in a bathroom and you're wiping shit or boogers on the wall, you need to fucking rethink life. Like, because where else can you get more paper? There's tissues. There's fucking paper. Like, that's the point. You're in a men's room. Like, doing that, what you would think somebody was, like, in the woods taking a shit, and they have to, like, wipe it on, like, tree bark. Like, you're in a bathroom. You got, like, the dry blow, you know, the, the shit that blows your hands dry. You got fucking also towels. You got tissues. You got, like, fucking soap. Like, that's the one place where, like, you have all the amenities to, like, be clean. Um, That's fucking nasty. I agree. Great, great one. Um... Here we go. This is uh, Jay Daniel. Jay Daniel? Uh, Jay Daniel, yeah. A woman is painting her nails on the train. Whole place reeks now. Unacceptable. Yes. That one sounds familiar. Um, all right, here we go. This is from Alex Clemenko at AK22801. At Pulpity, not flushing your bowl of shit in a public restroom. What the fuck, animals? Um, it's <laughs> not hard to push a button. Uh, so true. Uh, this one is uh, DT Original at DT Original. This is at Paul Verzi, co-worker brushing his teeth in the work bathroom. Unacceptable as uncomfortable. Uh... <laughs> What do you say to him? You just walk in like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, uh, this one is from Joey Node. Or Noud, sorry, at Joey N-O-W-D. If you say that you actually like eating kale, I think you're a goddamn liar. Hashtag not food. Hashtag unacceptable at Paul Verzi. Um, I will say one thing, Joey. I went to this restaurant on an anniversary with my wife. And we got, I got a kale salad because the guy like insisted, insisted that we get it. He was like, you have to understand, like if you like salads, you have to get this. I swear to God to this day, it was one of the best fucking salads I ever had in my life. I don't know what they did to this. It was basically just like insane lettuce, but they did something with this and I actually started craving it like a week later and I went like during the afternoon alone. And got like this $12 salad because that's how good it was. But uh, I also had kale. That's awful. So I'd say give it a try if you can find a good one. But that that's still a very funny, unacceptable. Uh, this is from Sam. At Sam R. Nicole. Uh, at Sam. Uh, big R, big N, I-C-O-L-L. At Paul Verzi. When the inconsiderate cunt in a store touches the top of your can with her unwashed hands. Animals unacceptable. Um, you know what's funny? The older I get, that does annoy me. And what I would do with the can is actually get something to wipe the top of it because that stuff does freak me out. Um, you know, I just, it's, it's just, yeah, hands and just not knowing. I get it. I get it. Um, let's see here. And by the way, I did ask you guys, you know, what you guys thought of me doing the, you know, unacceptables longer and if it's too long or if you want me to stop. And a lot of people responded saying, keep them going. They love them. They could keep listening to them. And, um, you know, 
so that you know so that i'm gonna just do this i mean it's not that much we got some more and um and we'll keep going so here we go ready uh yeah so yeah a lot of people i'm, I'm reading these now and this dude was like keep them coming i don't care if it's two hours you know keep the unacceptables coming this and that so um all right so here we go this is from uh, this is another one from dt uh, dt original at DT Original, at Paul Percy, I saw a lady pushing her dog in a baby stroller today. She should be forced to move to Iraq. <laughs> Unacceptable. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's just uh, so much. That's just so ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous putting a dog in a fucking bed. What's next? You know, when where does a line get drawn? You're putting a fucking dog in a baby stroller? Like, what, are you feeding it milk out of a bottle, too? It's just the craziest, it's it's a dog, man. That's the thing, people just don't get it. It's a dog. Treat it like that. What would you do if, like, the lady was like, oh, my God, isn't she cute? Like, don't you have to say something? You know? Like, don't, don't you have to say something? Like, if somebody came up and was like, oh, my God, isn't she adorable? Isn't she the best little girl? And she's, like, saying all this about the dog that you're looking at. Like, you, I'd have to be like, oh, a stroller, huh? Like one of those things. <laughs> uh, okay, this one is from... This is an interesting Twitter name. This one is from Safety Ninja at Safety underscore Ninja on Twitter. And at Paul Verzi, the animal looking through bags of shit at the thrift store and spilled her coffee, then kept going like nothing happened unacceptable. Um, absolutely unacceptable, but I would say if she's going through bags of shit at a thrift store, you shouldn't expect much different. Um, something says that, you know, life hasn't really been good to her that much, I would imagine. Um, but I hear you. Somebody, uh, uh, oh, that guy, Dan Naylor sent me this, uh, Dan Naylor at underscore, and Dan Naylor designs at unacceptable of the week, and he sent a picture of this girl on her phone. And she had her bare feet up on the table she's eating on with a beer next to her and her boyfriend. And, like, the bottom of her feet were dirty. Fucking unbelievable. Um, this one is from uh, Centurium Knight. At Survived by Rats. At Paul Verzi. If they make six or seven more movies about Liam Neeson answering the phone or boarding a plane, unacceptable. You know what the funniest thing about that is? And I do agree. Like when I saw the coming attraction and Liam Neeson grabbed the phone and was like, you took her. I'll find you. I did start laughing, but at the same time, it it's still, he still delivers. So I get why if the numbers are that good, but it is getting a little silly and unacceptable. I definitely give you that. I definitely give you that. I think it's a little much. And like, now this is like the fourth one. So like they're, they're running out of, I mean, they're running out of like fucking Liam Neeson ideas. I mean, what we can't, my son's going to be going to one. Our kids are going to be, Liam Neeson's going to be just like crippled. Except like, it'll be funny. Cause like, it'll just be at the nursing home. Liam Neeson will be like, I know you're on the fifth floor. I'm coming up there. All right, here we go. Uh, oh, so then this is, yeah, the Derek Jeter thing I got to talk about. Okay. And sorry, I got to go at one of the fans here. Ryan Moore, I got to come after you a little bit. I'm not going to go hard. I appreciate you listening. But here's the deal. Okay, and I'm going to get back to the unacceptables after this, but this is Ryan Moore tweeted at me 
And he said, maybe he's uncomfortable with all the attention. No need to call him a dick. Unacceptable. Now, that was in response to me tweeting, I'm getting a little fucking tired of Derek Jeter and this whole goody two-shoes, you know, like we got a game to play. For you people that don't know what I'm talking about, Derek Jeter was honored at Yankee Stadium. They didn't give him the plaque or retire the number yet because they obviously have to do that when he's not playing anymore. But they did the whole like had all his all his old teammates out from those World Series teams and Jordan was there and Tory was there and they all talked and they gave him shit and they you know they gave him like plaques and they did all this stuff and he's talking to the fans and everything and then at the end he just had to be that like all right we got a game to play and it's like enjoy the moment dick we get it you don't fuck up off the field you're all business can you fucking tear up and enjoy the day and relax this whole goody two shoes fucking cheater i'm done with it you know, I, I do like, I got to be honest, I do like the emotion a little more and I do like the human aspect of athletes a little more. Come on, man. You know, it's just like, it's it's just to the point where it's like, we get it, Derek. You know, you, you don't really do interviews. You don't go on little shows that you don't really, you know, you don't take yourself to, to I, I get it. Come on, man. Enjoy the fans. Are there. We got a game to play. Oh, you know what? Glad, I'm glad you said that we got a game to play because everybody was going to pack up and start leaving. They didn't know you had a fucking game to play. Come on, man. You're out of the, you're out of the wild card. Probably not even going to make the playoffs. They're there to see you talk and maybe get a base hit. Just just amuse them, can you? It's getting a little annoying. So I hear what you're saying, Ryan, but you know what? Come on. Fuck off with that. All right. Back to the unacceptables. This one is from Justin Moore, and Justin Moore's Twitter feed is at JP Moore, and that's J-P-M-O-O-R-E 5184. And Justin says, this is a great one. This is a great one great unacceptable okay and I am when I get into sports I am going to talk about the Roger Goodell and Ray Rice thing but Justin writes at Paul Verzi power 105.1 condemns Ray Rice video then immediately plays a Chris Brown song unacceptable 100% unacceptable and in my opinion Justin Moore gets the bell the, the the prize the if I had sirens or fucking clap things or whatever that's the one of the week because because it kind of falls into what I'm going to talk about after this, but 100% unacceptable. You know, you're going to sit there and talk about this guy, and then this guy who kicked the shit out of this girl. We're going to talk about that after. Great, unacceptable. Um, this is another one that falls into it. Uh, Mike Audet. I'm sorry if I didn't get it right, Mike. At Mike underscore Audet. A U D E T T E. At Paul Verzi. The commission lying to everyone's faces. Unacceptable. I agree with that. Um, okay, uh, let's see here, at Paul Verzi, no way the commissioner didn't know, yeah, of course, of course the commissioner knew, um, but we're gonna get into that, we're gonna get into that, so, uh, let's see here, okay, let's see here, this one is from Jim, oh, here we go, here we go, Jim, I'm gonna try this again. This is the one. You guys got a kick out of this one. Jim's coming back. I got to read it too. All right. We're almost at the Facebook ones and then we'll get into it. We're doing all right on time, everybody. Uh, Jim McMenamin. <laughs> Shit. What the? F- I swear to God. I swear to God. Jim McMenamin. Jim McMenamin. I think I got it. Jim McMenamin. Jim McMenamin, at Paul Verzi, I got it, Jim McMenamin, 
I got it. Nice. At Paul Verzi, season premiere of Boardwalk Empire was in Cuba, and not one cigar was seen being smoked there. Hashtag unacceptable. You know what? Absolutely unacceptable. And if they're shooting it in Cuba, you got to see a Cubana hanging out of somebody's mouth, smoking it. You got to do that. I, I have to admit, I haven't watched um, Boardwalk Empire yet. I have the first season on DVD. I just, I, I just haven't. Um, and I will. But yeah, anything in Cuba has to be, you know, has to absolutely be. If it's Cuba, you got to be smoking one. Um, all right, here we go. This one is from Jeff, and Jeff's Twitter feed is at JRY232. Thank you for the submission, Jeff. Jeff says, At Paul Verzi, saw a woman walking the strip in Las Vegas while it was raining with no shoes on. Have some dignity. Don't be gross. Unacceptable. Yeah. Walking in, in the streets barefoot, like on a strip like that, barefoot in the rain, is like eating chicken bone, eating a chicken wing on a subway. Yeah, it's just it's just, it's just some things you just go, ah, oh, guys, this is unfortunate. Just a shitty, awful, you know, I don't know. All right. This one is from Chris at C-H-O-V-O-C-H-E-C. Uh, this one's from Chris. And the Twitter feed is at C-H-O-Z, like zebra, O-T-E-C-H, at Paul Verzi, redneck driving truck with tailgate down, leaving his trash all over the highway. I know he fucks his sister. Hashtag, (laughs) both unacceptable. (laughs) Jesus, Chris, why don't you say how you really feel? Um... You guys are funny, man. You guys aren't even giving him the benefit of the doubt that the the flatbed thing opened. You're just like, nope, animal. He wanted it to happen. Uh, but if he did, it is, it is definitely unacceptable. Uh, okay. Um, I work with grown men. This is from Josh Sellers. At Joshua D. Sellers. S-E-L-L-E-R-S. I work with grown men and have to check to make sure there's no piss on the toilet seat. <laughs> Hashtag unacceptable. Um I swear to God, it's funny how public bathrooms are as if people are just like, ah, you know what, it's public, let's piss all over it. I just, I don't know. Yeah. My son had to, my son had to go to the bathroom in a public, and like, he was like, dad, what are you doing? I acted as if, I was, fuck, I acted like, I was cleaning the toilet like fucking Ebola was on it, like the Ebola virus. I was just scrubbing it down. And he's like, Dad, I got to go. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm wiping this down. I put on like padding of toilet paper. I'm like, you're not sitting your ass on this thing until fucking I could lick it. That's how clean this thing is going to be. Um, I don't understand what people do. Like, you ever just go into a public thing and go, all right, there's the toilet. If a couple of drops of water or piss get on it, I'm going to fucking wipe it down and be decent. Like, you know what I mean? That's why, like, I don't even, you can't do anything nasty in showers on the fucking, don't do anything nasty in showers in hotels because you don't know what the other guy did. I tell my friends, I'm like, dude, if we share a hotel room on the road and we're like, like, if two comedians or anything, I'm like, don't do nothing in the bathroom, dude. Seriously. Like, do all, don't, not when I'm here, man. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Um... Okay, let's see here. Um, I got a... All right, that's it. No, here we go. This is from Connor Bell. And Connor Bell says, At Connor Bell 1290. At Paul Verzi, this old Asian guy at the bar last night played eight Shania Twain songs on a jukebox in a row. Unacceptable diversity effect. That's a big-time Shania Twain fan and... uh, 
Dude, I think when Asian dudes get fixated on something, like they just go for it. God bless them. He's just like, yeah, it's my girl. I'm going for it. I feel like Asian dudes with women are like the way like Italian dudes are with food. They just, seriously, next time you're hanging out or like you're hanging out with an Asian dude that, that's straight, just start talking to them about women. They can't fucking, they, they just go, they go nuts. It's like you can't even, you could just like bring it up and then be like, yeah, so you see the Giants game? And they'll be like, whoa, 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 let's go back to this woman thing. Where, where was she at? It's fucking hilarious. Um, all right. Uh, Shania Twain, that is pretty funny though. <laughs> Did somebody just go, what? I could picture somebody like drunk just going like, what the fuck? Uh, speaking of music, this one is from JJ, JJI, whoa, JJI Mig. Here's the hashtag. Here, I mean, here's the Twitter feed. It's J-J-I-M-I-G-G. At Paul Verz, the dude next to my girlfriend and me is loudly playing music on his iPhone through the speaker at the bar. Unacceptable. That's an attention seeker who either is way into music or just wants you to hear his shit. Uh, <laughs> I just saw <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh... uh Let's see here. This is funny. I made a comment, and I just I just saw this uh, Centurion Knight or whatever, which I said was that saved by rats. He just put a picture of me. I said, "Is anything worse than white guys with dreadlocks?" And he put my face on a guy. He put my face on a white guy with dreadlocks, which is on Twitter. You could see, and it's really weird because like it looks like I have a Hitler mustache, and then I look like the fucking what's his name, Gary Oldman from. Um, True Romance, which is one of my favorite movies ever. So, um, all right. So that's it for the Unacceptables on Twitter. Let's read the Facebook ones. Oh, we're an hour four in. Got some more stuff to talk about. I guess the Verzi Effect has turned into a 90-minute show. What are you going to do, everybody? That's what we're going to do here. Okay. So here we go. This is the Facebook. And this one is from... Oh, there's not many. So we've only got a couple more. This one is from Cameron Moen. Here we go. Hey, Paul, big fan of the podcast, and it was awesome watching you perform in Victoria, B.C. Loving all the unacceptables, so here's a short and simple one for you. The fucking animals who ride their bikes on a busy sidewalk downtown when there are clearly marked bike lanes on a fucking road. Uh, Sidewalk, you asshats, unacceptable. Uh, That is right up my alley, Cameron, because in my neighborhood, I have a ton of, there's no shoulders in my neighborhood, and there is a ton of bikes, and I swear to God, these bikers, and and I've had multiple people talking about the bike ones, the bikers are the worst because the, the, the law is on their side. And they can literally just sit there and just go about their day fine, and you just get so enraged, and... It's it's ridiculous because you, you if anything happens you're at fault. Meanwhile, you're in a fucking whatever fifteen hundred pound car and it's like go, just fucking go. You're on a bike. It's the absolute worst, man. I cannot stand it. I cannot stand it. It's the worst, and it, it's I actually feel that those people like want to just be like ah fuck you yeah whatever. I don't care. You're. You know, you're you're in my way. Bikers are like cats. You know the way cats think you're just in their way? There's a really funny fact about a cat. 
Do you know, here's two, I mentioned it before, cats die alone, like when they're dying, they just want to be away, they walk away, and they also, I read in this book that cats, like domestic house cats, they actually look at their owners and human beings that are in it as if they're tolerating you being there, like you're, you're in their space, and that's exactly what, that's exactly what, what's it called, they do, you know, the um, bicycle, the, the bikes do, they're just like, ah, oh, he's in my way, whatever. You know, you could wait. Now, let them wait. You ever see them look at each other and they have that, like, stupid code or whatever? It's the absolute worst. Um, here we go. Okay, this one is from Jason Brown. Okay, here we go. This is a... Oh, okay, the, the first... I don't have to read the first half. First half, he was just um, saying that the... He agreed with my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle rant. And again, it's so funny how every week the common theme is the same, and it seems like public bathrooms is the one of this week. But Jason Brown says, Unacceptable public bathroom etiquette and cleanliness from those using it. For starters, I'm not talking about a large public bathroom facility with a variety of stalls. I'm referring to that one-stall toilet for the men's bathroom. I own a family business that is open to the public. It is a family-friendly place. I take pride in the cleanliness of it, especially the public restrooms. My brothers, me, uh, more than anything, and this is everywhere, is someone who leaves... Oh, wait, my Oh, I'm sorry. What? Jesus Christ, Paul. My fucking eyes. My brothers, I said. Bothers me more than anything. And this is everywhere. Jesus, man. You ever stare at the fucking screen and then fuck? Okay, I'm sorry about that, everybody. Take a sip of water here. Get this going properly. Okay. Here we go. Owns a family business and cleanliness and shit is a big part of it. What bothers me more than anything, and this is everywhere, is somebody who leaves a graphic fucking mess in the toilet and walks off. Okay, I understand if somebody has gastro or intestinal problems. It's very thoughtful of you, Jason, the fact that these guys getting medical terms on it. Well, I mean, if he's got, if he's got gastrointestinal problems, I mean, the guy could shit everywhere. Uh, or maybe <laughs> this is someone that has too much spicy or greasy food or whatever it is that makes them blow bird shit out of their ass cannon. If you can fire that bird shot. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. If you could fire that bird shot before sitting down, you need a diaper. Okay, if you end up leaving your artwork everywhere but inside the toilet below, clean your fucking mess up after yourself. Completely unacceptable. The things I see and things I have to clean multiple times a day, anybody who does this should be embarrassed. <laughs> anybody that doesn't clean up after themselves should have their face rubbed all over the toilet like a dog's nose being rubbed after shitting in the living room carpets. It's embarrassing for me. When I have somebody come up to me uh, to tell me that the bathroom needs maintenance. Again, I love the fact I keep a clean facility, but it takes just one fat backwoods inbred shit bag 10 minutes to fuck it all up. Totally unacceptable. I've been waiting to catch someone doing this because I will call them out and treat them like the <laughs> dog filthy fucktards that they are. Uh, Jason, thank you. Um, good luck in your business. I absolutely, man, I would definitely call him out, but, um, that was hilarious. 
And um, it's just funny how this has been like the, the public bathroom or, you know, just theme that's been going on. But like, yeah, it's it's just weird to me that like people don't look at it like that. And I guess it's like when you're in a hotel, people leave the water on longer, they take a shower, they like abuse towels and stuff, but this is like shitting and pissing. Like, shouldn't that be like, like those are like really kind of, you know, like I could understand if you're in a public bathroom and a little water gets on the floor and you don't like bend down to get like two or three drops of water, that's no big deal. I mean, you still should, but I get that. Or I understand fine if a little soap drips out and it gets on the floor and instead of you bending down, you just whatever, you're like, ah, somebody will just wipe it up, it's soap. But you're talking about like shit on the sides of the fucking, on the wall or like piss everywhere and you just like leave. It's just, it's, it's awful. It is awful, man. It's it's disgusting. It's a place where people are eating. And then, um, I don't know. There's just something about it that's just like, you know. I don't know. It, it's it's kind of gross. So I hear you. And thank you. This is the last unacceptable for the week. So here we go. This is from uh, Philly Chris. And Philly Chris says, unacceptable. When you live in an apartment complex and people take their dogs in the pool. This take your dog everywhere with you trend needs to die. I'm a dog owner. However, have some respect for those around you who don't want to have a dog near them. Um, totally agree. And there should, but that, to be honest with you, um, I'm assuming your name is Chris and not your last name. I don't think your name is Philly Chris, unless your parents are just fucking diehard. But, um... You know what? I I agree it's unacceptable, but I, I think like that's something that like the public pool place needs to be like like I've never heard of that. You know? I mean, I couldn't imagine that going on everywhere because like there's so many condominiums or like, you know, places people live where you can't even get in because you you can't have a dog. So if you have a dog, so let alone being able to jump into the having a dog jump in the pool. Like I got to tell you right now, if I'm sitting in a public pool with my family and some fucking golden retriever just jumped in i'd be like i'm, I'm getting out of here are you kidding me guess this get this thing the fuck out of here you know so that's definitely unacceptable um you know plus you don't know how a dog's gonna react the dog starts panicking in the deep end my kids are freaking out no that's crazy uh so thank you for the um submission thank everybody for the unacceptables this week this has been the unacceptables portion of the verzi effect podcast i i do appreciate it and i uh, hope you guys enjoyed it and have fun please keep them coming and um that's it man that's my favorite that's one of my favorite parts of the show just listening to you guys calling people animals and stuff it's um you know and the unacceptable t-shirts are coming they should be ready next week so, uh, and I'll have pictures of them and all that stuff. And, you know, and again, I know I didn't say, I didn't say, you know, it would be fun though. Like if I expanded on it, did like hashtag animals, whatever. Okay. Uh, well I could make the movie part quick. Didn't see a movie again. Still haven't seen a movie. Matter of fact, I've been so busy with this, uh, just stuff in general in life and everything like that. I've, uh, missed the last four Ray Donovans. So I'm behind on Ray Donovan as well too. So I haven't seen shit uh, with movies. Let's get into sports. Let's get into the Ray Rice thing. I'm going to talk about that. We'll talk about the NFL games, do some plugs, and get out of here. All right. First of all, of course, I'm going to preface this by saying this. Uh, It's obvious, and it goes without saying. Uh, A dude smacking around a woman 
it's it's a bitch move. It's um it it's just just fucking wrong. It's bad. The video they showed was awful of a dude just knocking out somebody clearly weaker than them. You know, it, I, I do. It's despicable. I'm not going to make any light of it. I think what Ray Rice did was wrong, 100%. Now, that being said, I was talking to my stepfather about this. He made a great point. He did. He made a great point. Oh, by the way, sports, I do have to say this. Shout out to big-time podcast listener, big-time fan of my stand-up, of the all-in tour, of, you know... Just seeing me and Lawhead and Bartnick on tour coming out, um, and a fan of mine as well, is Joe Gonzalez. And Joe Gonzalez is such a great fan that I don't know if you guys saw the movie Slapshot with Paul Newman, but he got me, Bartnick, and Lawhead these incredible, authentic um, hockey Chiefs jerseys with numbers, our names on the back, like authentic like, I don't even know what he spent on these. Joe, thank you so much. It's an insanely kind, nice gesture. Um, when Lawhead showed me the picture and then I actually got the jersey in my hand, I couldn't believe how nice it was. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, this dude has seen me in Brooklyn. He's seen me in Vegas opening uh, or with Burr uh, in Brooklyn. And he saw the all-in tour in Vegas. And he's just a big supporter of, uh, of you know, I guess you could say my kind of, my clique and my crew of stand-up. He's, he's always there supporting us. So thank you very much. And I wanted to make sure that I shouted that out on the podcast because um, this is awful nice of you and it's really appreciated. So thank you, Joe Gonzalez. Um... And fuck you for playing uh, tennis with John McEnroe. Uh, that's fucking awesome. Uh, anyway, the Ray Rice thing. Awful, terrible, but I have to say this right now. I was talking to my stepfather about it. My stepfather made a good point. Great point. One of the best points I've heard. And this goes back to, I believe it was was a Jimmy Moore's tweet. Uh, or, or unacceptable. They, they played the Chris Brown song right afterwards. And here's what lets you know, everybody, that this thing is about money. Of course it's about money. Chris Brown beat Rihanna's fucking ass. He beat her up. She had two black eyes. Her jaw looked... Fucking Rihanna looked like she just fucking, you know, finished... Like Balboa did after fighting Yvonne Drago in Rocky IV. That's what she looked like. And they, they plastered her face everywhere. It was one of the most gruesome things ever. Okay. Now, what Ray Rice did was wrong. It doesn't matter if you hit a woman once, a million times, whatever. I'm not saying that. But Chris Brown is at Grammys perform at the Grammys performing. He's presenting at award shows after this. He didn't lose fucking everything. Okay? And he's making mil- and women are screaming for him, bobbing their heads. These fucking morons are doing that. Ray Rice now. They're saying that that was one mistake. He's never done it. Who knows if that's true? Who knows? Hopefully the guy's getting help. Hopefully, for, especially for his kids' sake. That that That's who probably matters more. Him and, I mean, his wife too. But like his kids, you know, that that's something that they just should never be around or see. And his wife needs to be safe and all that stuff. So you hope that he's getting the help that he's getting. But here's the thing, okay? If a guy, well, first of all, if a guy's that angry and he keeps doing it, she needs to be out of it. But I got to be honest. I like what she said. When she's like, yeah, like, why are you making me leave, you know, relive this? And here's what I don't like. I don't like how seeing it made every, like, the NFL change. First of all, the NFL saw it. 
There's no way. But it's like the NFL, let's say they didn't see it. The people that were outraged, they didn't see it because they just saw a guy like dragging a, a, an unconscious girl out. But like, what did they think they were going to see? You know, like I get it. I get it. When you see it, it makes it that much worse. And it's awful to see like exactly what happened. I get that. But I think the NFL and Roger Goodell are full of shit. There is no way the commissioner of football, the commissioner, the guy who's come down on so many people on so many different levels for so many different things like guns and marijuana and other domestic violence cases and all kinds of shit like that. There's no way that this guy who has been known and made his mark as commissioner of this league by penalizing people, fining people millions and millions of dollars in total. There's no way that this guy didn't have a fully investigated. There's no way that this guy didn't see the whole thing happen and then he made his decision. And what he did, and there's no doubt in my mind, I said this before, Roger Goodell gave a, a two-game suspension to, to Ray Rice for what he did. Everybody realized that it wasn't enough. Okay, so Roger Goodell was cool with the two-game suspension with, her, with him dragging her ass out of the elevator unconscious with fucking no shoes on, you know. He couldn't use his imagination of how it happened. So then finally, when the whole world sees it, when TMZ releases it, then this guy goes, you know what? He's out of the fucking league. He's banned indefinitely. The Ravens cut him and all that stuff because everybody saw it. Roger Goodell's filthy. Roger Goodell saw that happen. There's no doubt in my mind. The NFL saw it. And then today, law enforcement guy said that in April, they had the fucking DVD of what happened on the surveillance camera. So Roger Goodell should lose his job too. If he's going to fucking ban this guy for life and, and... after giving a two-game suspension, that's a flip-flop. That's bullshit. He should go too. He should. He should go too because then that just goes to show it's about fucking, it's about money and reputation. It's about money and all that shit instead of whatever. So, you know, I, I, I really believe that everybody saw that. I believe the NFL saw it. I don't know about the Ravens. Because the Ravens probably didn't want to see it and probably just backed him up. And then when it came out, they're probably like, all right, we can't keep this guy here. I don't necessarily think, but I think that, the, and the law enforcement said that the, the Baltimore Ravens didn't get it. I think the NFL saw it. I think Roger Goodell reviewed it. Roger Goodell can't just automatically just go, ah, you know what, he dragged a girl out. They said he hit her, ah, two games. He wouldn't do that. He needs to know what happened. So the whole thing is fucked up, man. The whole thing is messed up, but that's my two cents. I just think it's horse shit. I think everybody's filthy in it. And I, and, I, and I think that Roger Goodell, when they asked him, like, did you know, his face got red. And you know when you just see somebody lying? That guy was lying through his fucking teeth. And he can't, and, and uh, what's his name? Mark Schlereth said something great. He goes, yeah, he's not going to change his mind. Or he's not going to just change it. Go, ah, you know what? Yeah, you guys got me. I did see it. No, he's got to stick with what he said from the beginning. But now he's like weaseling his way out of it. He should go too. It'd be great. Wouldn't it? Be, I think it would be great. Everybody goes down for it. That's what I think. And for anything, and for not anything other than just it would be entertaining to watch it on Sports Center for a little while. The guy makes forty million dollars a year. He'll be fine. Roger Goodell makes forty million dollars a year. Do you know that? That's how much money the commissioner of the NFL makes. Forty million dollars a year. Okay, Roger Goodell could put on flip-flops and go to fucking Acapulco right now for the rest of his life and just drink pina coladas and play fucking volleyball and get fat. That's what Roger Goodell could do for the rest of his life. Do nothing. So I'm not really worried about it. 
And here's the thing, too. How come anytime somebody gets knocked out, their shoes are off? Like, I'm not even trying to be funny here. I'm just, I'm, I'm really serious. Like, I just watched the thing, and I'm just like, why are her, like, why are her shoes off? But, like, you see that on, like, the show Cops, or you see it, like, when somebody gets the shit kicked out of them. Like, for some reason, they're just out of their shoes. It's like when somebody really says, knock your socks off or whatever, that's, like, really, I guess that shit happens. But I'm just, like, looking at her, and I'm like, why is she barefoot right now? Um... But you can't even joke. You really can't. You can't make a joke about it because people get so, oh, I was listening to the Verzi effect and, you know, Paul's saying that and he doesn't care. No, it's despicable what he did, man. You can't. I'm trying to think. I never, ever, I've been hit by the opposite sex. I've been slapped in the face once really fucking hard. And I remember just kind of looking and going, all right, all right. And it's weird, when that happens, you don't even really, I think like reasonable people, like for me it was just like, I didn't think about hitting back, I was just like, okay, wow, I guess this is where a guy would really lose his shit. (laughs) And I'm glad that I didn't. But um, you just can't hit a fucking woman, dude, you just can't. It's it's just, it's, you should, you should know that, so. Um, Now to the NFL, the New York Giants are in trouble, everybody. They're in trouble. They look awful. They look just out of sync with the offense. They look like they're just half-assing it. They don't know what the fuck's going on. They're not on the same page. The 49ers look incredible. Seattle looks Super Bowl bound. I'm still sticking with them. My pick is the Eagles and Colts. I'm sticking with them. I think the Colts, they were losing 24 nothing in Denver, man. And they came back and they, they almost, they, they look good. I think the Colts, maybe not this year. I'm picking them this year, but to at least go to it. But I, I, I don't know. The, uh, the AFC looks weak right now. I mean, the Jets beat the Raiders, you know, Buffalo play. I mean, it is only week one, but I, I, I don't know, man. That Kaepernick looked like a, looked like he was a, kid, a, a man playing with high school kids. He was ridiculous. Oh, my God, did Colin Kaepernick look good? Did the Niners look good? I mean, the Niners looked um, great. So I'm just so psyched that the NFL is back. It's just such a pleasure to sit and watch it at night. Um... And that's pretty much it. I, You know, if the Yankees, I could care less. Just getting annoyed with this whole Jeter. We got a game to play. Really? All right, guys. Time for plugs. We're an hour and 25 minutes in. Um, Levity Live. Levity Live next Thursday. Come out. I will be headlining Thursday night. Levity Live. I have found out really awesome um, that uh, a ton of tickets are already being sold. I found out that uh, the numbers are already great, and we got over a week left, so I'm trying to sell it out, man. So let's uh, let's get that going. Come out to Levity Live on Thursday night, September 18th, West Nyack, New York. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Um, we're going to party afterwards, have a good time. I'm going to try to get my boys on the show, too. I don't know. It's not set in stone yet, but i um, trying to get Chris Lamberth and Jason Lawhead on the show. I got a funny kid from White Plains, a local Westchester guy who I love. Uh, he's coming on to uh, do a guest spot. So, um, yeah, come out, man. It's going to be a great time. And, um, and then I got some other stuff which you can see on the website, paulverzi.com. 
Uh, thank you for the um, the tweets and the unacceptables. Thank you for the uh, co- the uh, comments on iTunes. Please keep those comments on iTunes coming because uh, it helps rank the show. Again, happy to announce that the Verzi Effect will now be on one of the biggest podcast networks there is, which is all things comedy. Uh, it's awesome. I worked real hard to get my show to this level, 176 episodes, and it's because of you guys for sure. We're almost at 200. We're going to do something special for that for sure. And um, that's it, man. Keep listening. Keep, uh, you know, getting at me on Facebook and Twitter and all that. If there's anything you guys ever want me to talk about, I'm here. Uh, thanks to my sponsor, GonzoFame.com. Check out those interviews and keep hitting that up. I, I was really happy to hear that GonzoFame.com got a ton of um, a ton of hits and, and the website is doing great since jumping aboard and it's only going to get better. Also, uh, look forward to that new Joe Matarese uh, interview coming out. He talks about um, the shit, the shady shit that happened on America's Got Talent and all that stuff. So you could listen to that and it's a great thing. I'm happy to be aboard with them. And um, that's it, guys. So until next week, episode 177, I'm out of here, and I will talk to you guys soon. Have a great week, and uh, that's it.